five, four, three, two, one, and we're live. That was weak. That was weak. Let me do that. That was so bad. <laughs> that was so weak. Let me do one last time. <laughs> nice. Right. Nice. Okay. Welcome back to Welcome. something nice. Thank you for blessing us up to something nice. Um, today, today the something nice on our show is Sid Doozy over here. Sid, what's up? Introduce yourself. Hi, hi, I'm Stath. I'm a uh, master's student and uh, I've known Varsha for most of my life. I've known Akil for a little while, but uh, I think we vibe pretty well, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's dope. I'm so psyched to have someone from home on the show, and I'm psyched that it's you. So it's good. It feels good. Yeah, it's good to be here. Like, uh, very excited. So thank you very much for having me on the show. For sure. Okay, yeah. today, today we're actually, we've been wanting to do this episode for a while, Akil and I, because Akil and I watched this documentary, like, literally days after it came out. Mm-hmm. And we both were like, okay, we need to talk about this. Especially yeah, we had plans. Yeah. Go on. Go that would ruin by an unnamed person. We're not gonna <laughs> name people, but we had plans that would ruin. And if you're watching this, you know who you are. I'm calling you already. Yeah. Um <laughs> but hey, I'm honestly happy we're doing this now because I think we are a generation that has literally grown like contributed to the growth of it like we are the generation that has contributed to the growth of it so the conversation needs to be happening with us more than anyone else um and anyway so ideally today we're going to be talking about social media versus social dilemma and it's based off of the documentary social dilemma which is currently raging netflix if you haven't watched it go watch it it is a perspective that I think a lot of people may know or may not know, but it's nice to have the creators and the contributors of this this entire platform of social media reflect on it and talk about it. And it's really interesting. Um, so, okay, firstly, like, what did you, I want to just know, like, off the top of your head real quick, like, what did you guys think of Social Dilemma after watching it? Um, uh, okay, so... I, I don't want to start, run the risk of like sounding like a hard ass or a pompous dude or something, but some of those things I, I like learned about in some of my modules. So it wasn't a shock, but at the same time, it's always a reality check. I think when it get when it hits you in the face, you know what I mean? When they put these facts and you're like, you know what, this is, this is right. This is true because I, I like witnessed this on a day-to-day basis because mm-hmm. of my own social media use. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think it was necessary because a lot of people, especially now with the pandemic and like the fact that a lot of people are stuck at home and having to deal with themselves, turned to social media a lot more than they were before. And like, cause they had a lot more time on their hands. It was a lot more, it was a, it was something that everyone was using. And I think it's important when you do something to know the negatives as well as the positives, you know, it's like, it's like doing a drug, for example, like it's your choice to do that drug. But when you do it, like surely you'd want to know, how you'd feel the highs, but also what does it do to you, like the lows? And uh, like they say in the documentary, it is a drug, you know, like yeah. people genuinely can be addicted to it to the point where it's difficult to, to get off it. So I think it was important. I think it was really well done because um, I think the average person can understand it and they don't feel like you're, they're being talked down upon. Like yeah. that's always a risk you run with being a documentary, like is 
you don't want people to think you're telling them to do shit. You yeah. Know, you've got to, it's got to be that there's that weird level you've got to find. And they, I think they found that pretty well. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I think it's necessary. In today's climate. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It was like shocking, but like, it's not even like shocking. Like you're surprised. It's like the shocking to the point where like you would just ignore like how big the results are. You know, it's like everyone you know is addicted to their phone. Like everyone knows that. Like everyone, it's almost like a joke now when you say like, oh yeah, my phone is fine. I mean, like if you talk about something yeah. and then it, it pops up as an ad like five minutes later, like, you know, everyone ha- like has, it's not even like a myth, you know, everyone has literally firsthand experience, like all these things and we just ignore it, which is kind of like crazy, like as a society, like we let, we let them like, you know, invade our privacy to that extent and you just act like it's normal and like mm. it's supposed to be like you know like that's just how it's supposed to be so i feel like it was like a wake-up call in that sense because it's just like me you realize like why why is this happening why did this happen yeah yeah what do you think when you saw it i i what did you say to so what do you think when you saw it um oh i I don't know. Okay, so again, like both of you said, I don't think everything they talked about, like did, was it was not like it was new to me. I think it's stuff that I had like, like preconceived, like things, thoughts running in our head. And I think the only reason the three of us feel this way is maybe because we all three of us grew up in societies and in countries that are on the spectrum of being affected by technolo- technology. They're like maybe closer to the lower end. And I think that's why the three of us maybe think this way. And we're like, actually, we know this because we saw the other people like this when we weren't like that, you know? Um, so I kind of, that's where I think a lot of us stem this kind of, we knew, but yeah. Um, but it was interesting to sort of put numbers behind it. It was interesting to see evidence, statistics, um, and the app, like the creators of these app, like applications actually come forward and talk about it. That was really interesting. I don't think like Tristan Harris or like half the names that were listed in this documentary, I don't think a lot of them would have come forward if they had, if they had never left those applications and if they didn't think something wrong was going on, you know, like, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, as a documentary, I thought it was extremely well made. I thought it was extremely well made as a documentary. The fact that, like, I like what Sid said about how they didn't talk down to you because, like, they they had, like, a storyline, you know, with the little kid and the sister and the, that family going on. Like, it was easy to follow for someone who just, like, was just casually watching as well, like, who had no idea, who could not relate to interviews and numbers. Like, it was nice to see that. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, the entire switch into democracy, I was like, of course, an American made this in my head. Um, and then, um, like, you know, like I didn't, ex- I didn't predict that. Like, I, I thought I knew they were going to touch on political, no, 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 But then, like, you know, like devouring yeah. democracies in other countries, no, no, no. I was like, of course, an American made this. Like, of course, no one else but an American made this. Um, Sorry, I wanted, I wanted to touch on that that topic you were like just speaking on, you know, like. I wanted to talk about the little side movie they had going on, like, while the documentary was happening, like, simultaneously. For me, first time I watched it, I was like, okay, this, this, like, makes sense. But, like, the second time I was watching it, I felt like it also kind of, like, maybe intentional, like, it kind of had, like, this kind of very eerie feeling, like, 
to kind of make people feel like freaked out or like, you know, scared that like this yeah. is happening to us. You know, I definitely felt like it was kind of giving me those those vibes. And I don't know if that was the intention or not, but I was like, hmm, like, yeah, this is a bad thing, but like, are they, are they trying to exaggerate it more than it actually is? I don't know. So that, that, that I, I'm not too sure how I felt about that, that, um, like you know that that side movie sequence thing. I don't know what do you all think about it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a bit weird. Look, I think they did definitely over dramatize it a bit. Um, but at the same time, I think maybe that was for the like like Vasha was also saying like for the the audience members that kind of wanna watch it, but. Like a lot of people lose track of things, you know, like when, when people are present like facts and figures, sometimes like you get overwhelmed and like it would have been really easy for a person, for a kid to watch that and like follow just the side story and mm-hmm. figure out what's going on. Whereas like, you know, like Tristan Harris or whatever, they were talking about the big things and the algorithms that obviously would fly over the head of a kid or like a, a below average person that's watching it. Whereas, you know, that same person can then follow the side story and kind of just like understand at least what's going on but yeah i think for the average person who understands the 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 details and complexities of what's going on the side story was a bit of a deviation and and like you said you wouldn't figure it out in the first watching i think the first time you watch it it just goes along because you're you're obviously taking everything in but upon second viewing which like i i watched it the second time as well and and it does it's a bit cringy it's like oh, do i do i really have to go through this like <laughs> Girl break that come on man come on dude <laughs> but but like, i get you i totally get you they have these scary sci-fi sci-fi music in the background yeah in the background like, oh, like, oh like bro i see what you're trying to do i see what you're trying to do that's true that's true they did over dramatize it i agree <laughs> yeah it was it was cringing a lot of parts but but I thought, like, in a way, the fact that they considered the different, but even the, the, the tone of the side story, like Akil mentioned, I think it was really, um, what's the word? It was very eerie and dark and scary. Like, I agree with Akil on that. Like, you know, it was more like trying to say, this could be you, like, this, you know, this, this doesn't have to be yeah. you, like... I don't know. That was kind of the deal. But there were a lot of stuff. Like there were a lot of, I, you know what else I liked about the documentary? The fact that they found these quotes from like people like Sophocles and like just from ages ago, you know, and trying to relate it to like current day, the fact that it's still applicable. You know, these, these supposed life philosophy statements are still super applicable to today's um, world in a world and those those statements and those quotes were said in a world where technology would have not even been the you know the foreshadowing or the foresight they would have never seen technology like Sophocles sitting right now being like well what like I'd have to like speak on a laptop like no like (laughs) would not have expected that you know so I thought it was cool I thought it was like those stuff were cool um but yeah it was interesting I think it was just interesting to put what I would say about sorry about that, but what I would say about the side story, although it over dramatized, I definitely thought it was realistic. Like yeah. I could definitely see a situation like that, like you know, happening, like you know, someone like being like led on a like a a YouTube rabbit hole or something like that, and like becoming like crazy ideas. And Carrie Irvin say he was a flat earther because 
he like went on some YouTube rabbit hole. So I definitely thought that, so imagine for like a grown man, like compared to a little kid, I definitely thought that was like a realistic situation that could go on. So I don't know, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about, I think, that like how, how fast and like how fast you could be convinced about something on your, like online, you know, like you could just be like bombarded with like all this information, like all these facts and like a thought that you'd have never had before could just like become like very strongly like like placed in you and it's kind of scary to think about that like we do not even necessarily have control to like lead ourselves that like you know people could be like just pushing you in these directions to like you know make you think a certain way like act a certain way like you know associate yourself with like certain groups or people or whatever so it's definitely very like scary to think about like that could be a reality that we're facing you know and, and I think it kind of is because I think that's part of our, like the problem now with society is too many people believe in a certain thing, whether it's right or wrong. Look, I, I'm not going like, to judge any of that, but it's like you believe in something and, you know, you, you obviously enter that into your systems and like you put that in your algorithm and suddenly all you're getting is like people that are just like convincing you that what you're believing is right. You know, if you're a right, like a democratic person, like liberal or or a conservative, it doesn't matter, but what you put in is what you're getting back in like, like multiplied by like a hundred or a thousand, you know? So it's almost as if like, even if you're not a hundred percent certain, like you said, of something in your head, suddenly you get like a hundred posts telling you the same thing. It's going to become your reality, whether it's real or not, isn't the point. It's, it becomes like your reality, you know? And, and that's like, that's genuinely the problem and gets to the point then when individuals are so sure of what they're reading and what they believe in that they don't want to open up a conversation and talk about things with someone who believes completely the opposite to them, you know? Because, again, like, who we to say, like, there's certain things that obviously you can say are right or wrong, but there are a lot of things that are in a gray area and, like, we can't judge because you have to walk in everyone's shoes and understand the entire, like, background of the situation. But the first step towards that is being able to talk to people. And, you know, mm-hmm. like the three of us have completely different backgrounds when you think about it, but we're all sitting here and, and we're talking about things because we have certain like interests we believe in between us mutually, but also the, the things that we might not believe in that the other person does, but I want to know like, why, what, what, what causes you to like believe that, you know, like who knows? That's just how things are supposed to go. You're not supposed to just walk around with your mind closed and believe that you know everything there is to know and that whoever's, not in the same wavelength as you is completely off track and wrong and needs to be silenced or censored or you know that's the problem like like yeah okay yeah you need to have free speech and free thought and stuff but also there comes a point where this free speech is being used back against you by these your own algorithms your own devices are basically working against you you know like like i can say something stupid and my device will record that and then the next thing i know my newsfeed is filled with stupid things like that you know (laughs) Cashbells are making the frogs gay. And the next thing I know, I've been down a four hour Alex Jones binge and I come out <laughs> thinking the earth is flat. You know, uh, I, it's possible. It's so possible. You see people that go into these rabbit holes and you gotta like grab them, be like, yo, yo, come back. You're going in the wrong way, my man. <laughs> hold, uh, hold on, straight forward, cut down. Like, uh, it's, it's crazy. You know what that reminds me of? I don't know, like, Remember this time period when there would always be these Illuminati conspiracy theories oh, yeah. on YouTube, and then like it'd be like Illuminati exposed, and like they would 
like you know show all this so i don't know that's the crazy music show is not even a new thing you know it's like been yeah like been happening you know, like ever since way back when so that's really some magic in the world that's crazy yeah i know i think um just speaking back to what sid said about like when the reality around you becomes like whatever you think you may end up seeing and that ends up becoming your genuine reality that you believe and i can't remember who in the documentary but somebody talks about how the scale tipping with your reality and the share and your shared reality that changes the moment you only focus on your reality you're completely disregarding the ability to have a shared reality you know and yeah that shared reality is what social media completely takes away like the fact that um everybody's got their own truth everybody's got their own facts like how can how can you have your own fact bro like a fact is a fact like you know so um things like that like things um not to say that perspectives of that fact cannot be different they can but the fact is a fact and right now we've got so many people that will tell you that's not the fact this is a fact and they it's too easy to believe it's just too easy to believe because you're right like it's a rabbit hole and also like speaking to you know what it is i think the reason why a lot of us are becoming really radicalized because in 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 a, to a certain extent i think all of us are I mean I can speak for myself in this particular situation but I know I'm really pushing left like I'm really pushing left and I think the right is really pushing right and everybody is now sitting on these extreme radicalized like opposing spectrums and you know what happens like though that spectrum's eventually going to like broaden and expand where those people sitting on the extreme radicalization are in fact going to become centralists and that you know, like in their little left and right and then right and left will just keep being pushed further and further away like that's what happens that's how like political battle war starts that's I'm how war that. starts yeah it's true it's very true so it's just interesting that social media like kind of you know broadens or not really broadens but like um it increases the rate at like a crazy crazy like rapid rate like it's it's fast it's fast it's quick the way our minds and brains are going to click an image and a photo compared to sitting in a class learning something or reading a book like do you know what i mean like that mm. clicking happens way quicker so they're using it to their advantage and uh, yeah it's it's kind of scary yeah. to be honest it is really yeah. scary what I was thinking is right like it's funny because we kind of create our own downfall like in a way you know is because in social media like you basically get to like make a customized world where you only see what you like you know if you don't like what you see that like, you could like block it you could mute it you know you don't have to see it you know and like we have just like literally surrounded ourselves just with what we like what we agree with like what what it is like you know like almost like putting like a, a mental bubble you know like creating a perfect vision of the world where it's only stuff that you like and you don't have to see or interact with anything that you disagree with you know mm-hmm. and because of that is like kind of forcing us into these labels and you know we have to say like okay you like this 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 so you have to be on this side you know you yeah. like these 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 things so you have to be on that side and it's, and there's like no space to like you know 
I don't know to like gel or like you know like um intermingle or, or any kind of thing you know and it's like just like okay you fit this rigid like label so you're on that side you fit fit the other one so you're on the next side and like I don't know the thing about facts that I've I've started recently like realizing recently is like people who use facts to explain whatever you like literally any day all you need to know is what agenda you have like what is you're trying to prove and then you can use facts however you want to fill in the blanks yeah. you know people would literally like take like you could find so many contradicting facts for the same thing yeah. the exact same thing you know and like i don't know i just thought about that recently like it's kind of crazy because imagine you could take two two people right from the same study or whatever same profession and you ask them a theory or like i don't know to give an explanation or something like that and they will tell you two completely different things you know although they technically have the same job the same title so i don't know i feel like like what are even facts then you know if you could just like use them so however you know like whatever data mm-hmm. you want to present or whatever agenda you're trying to present so i don't know i just thought it brought some philosophical questions um yeah i totally see that what i don't think the i don't think the problem is two people interpreting facts differently i think the problem is two people interpreting facts differently and then not being willing to listen to the other side which is what social media does like akil said you you can like block off disagree don't need to see it don't like you don't need to see it like you know it's too easy to just create your perfect reality so yeah um you know what really like triggered me in the beginning there were a couple of quotes that triggered me and i wrote all of them down i was like fuck you're right this is what like yeah you know um the first one was the fact that they were saying oh if you're not paying for the product you are the product and i was like yes <laughs> like oh my god oh, yes um, what did you say I said that's boss it is this crazy like it's not paying for the product you are the product and i'm like oh my god think about all the things in my life that are free for me <laughs> no like this is not okay so it really made me question what i interact with and i thought that was really i don't know see the thing is also it's like it's like when you look at creating your own reality that's the truth and the other problem with creating your own reality is you're creating that person that you claim to be as well mm-hmm. you know 99% of us are not the same person we are on social media you go through my instagram account you won't actually you won't actually know anything properly about me do you know what i mean if, yeah. if you take me personally as a person like i post a lot of things but it's like a very small perspective very small like percentage of what i actually am you know it's yeah. in here whereas the actual over here um and and a lot of people are like that and i think a lot of people when they create their own reality and they're putting out things and they and they're creating their own page that gives them only the 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 stuff that that kind of just compounds what they believe in they're also taking things about themselves that they don't like and trying to hide it away and mm-hmm. see that's fine on social media because who's going to know better but social media is in life you know that that same person then has to go out and interact with people in real life in a real spectrum not in the public space of of your laptop or their phone screen you know and suddenly now you can't hide those negative aspects that you've been hiding away suddenly you can't hide that 
casual racism you throw in your chair, you're like when you're talking to your friend or, or you know, the, the slight colorism you have or whatever it is, like there's a lot of stuff that people try and hide away and that's fine until you actually go and talk to another person face to face. And I think, you know, we, we've lost a lot of the, um, the skills and social skills we require to talk to people as well, which is the other mm -hmm. problem is, is when you come across someone that you don't agree with, suddenly you don't know how to talk to them. The first thing that happens is an argument. Like what, what happened to negotiation, you know? Why does that become a skill rather than something that no people used to, like back in the days in the medieval times, people used to barter for everything. There was no real money, you know? You had something, you wanted something. How are we gonna deal with this? If, you're, if you get angry by the, with the first like thing that someone says to you, you are gonna starve, man. Like if someone says, I don't like your cow, but I'll give you like, and you're pissed off. That's it, son. Like <laughs> that guy's gonna tell everyone else, yo, don't fuck with that guy. He's a shit farmer, he's a shit barter. Like, Leave him out of it. So like, where did we lose track? You know, somewhere along the line, we just, everything cut off. And that's the crazy thing, man. Like it's, um, it's intense. Like that, the, the whole documentary like puts a lot of things into, into perspective as well. Like, I don't know if you guys have read this book called Sapiens. Yes. It's oh my God. I literally have it right in front of me. Yes. And I've talked to Akil about this so many times, but anyway, go on. So that I'm book is book. Who's the guy? Yuval, uh, Yuval Harari, yeah. Um, and he's written two other books. So I read the second one as well, Homo Deus, which is where yeah. we're going. Yeah. Like I bought the third one, I haven't started it yet. Um, but he talks about a lot of interesting things that like, then you, when you listen to other people who are like in the industry, they, they, they talk about the same thing. So it's not just some historian, you know, like mm -hmm. he says, we're already like halfway into the evolution between man and like machine. Like the symbiosis has begun. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the same thing was said by Elon Musk as well. He said, you know what, we're basically cyborgs, where do you go where you don't have an electronic piece of equipment on you? It's not inside you, but it's technically an extension of you. Most people walk around with their phone in their hand, not even in Damn. their pocket. Like, that's oh my God. You don't even need to put things into our body anymore. It's just a matter of like the smart glasses are there. Now, most of us, we have wireless earbuds as well. Yep. So you're walking on, you got shit in your ear, you've got this thing in your hand, and you're completely oblivious to what's going on around you. 99% of the time, you're blocking out the sound as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, you're walking down looking at this thing. The only time you look up is to make sure you cross the road properly. Even that, sometimes you don't do. You don't, exactly. We're part cyborg already. We just don't realize it yet. It's only, there's going to come a point now where someone's going to come up with a new iPhone or a new Samsung, which is an injection. And then you do this and it pops up and everyone's going to jump <laughs> at it. Like, oh, perfect. I don't need a physical thing. To carry and then like, your stuff, like think about the little things, like how much of our life is controlled by a machine, not even something we own, but just a machine. I, I remember when I was flying out one time, like a year or two ago in South Africa, air traffic control was down. And because air traffic control was down, they had no clue of the manual log of flights. And so we were an hour and a half behind <laughs> on departure. They had to figure out who flies in what way because they just left it to the computers for so long. They didn't give a fuck about the manual like work. Like, all like, you know, this whole concept of aliens, right? You know, like I'm, I'm going off topic a bit. But it's like, it goes back into evolution. Like, what are they? Like three and three, four foot people with tiny arms and tiny legs and a big head. Yeah. Look at man, man, a hundred or 200 years ago. We're going that way. Our heads are getting bigger. Our bodies are getting smaller. We're getting weaker, but more intelligent. 
Yeah. Because we're relying on other things. We're not relying on our bodies anymore. Yeah. You know, we're relying on machines to do work for us or animals to do work for us. We don't have, we, we learned how to be clever, but in that process, we lost something physically. You know, mm-hmm. everything is give and take, right? So in order to get that, that extra bit of, I don't know, like intelligence, maybe we had to give up a little bit of our physical like prowess. For sure. But we're all moving towards that point now where, where technology runs things and we allow it to run things because things are smooth. But clearly things are not that smooth because the, like, the clockwork has all kinds of bullshit like forcing it to move, you know? Like, yeah. And this documentary only shows that even further that, that none of these things that you're on, none of these sites you're on are actually looking out for you. What, oh my God, Facebook told me it's fake news. They actually care. No, they don't. They have a <laughs> shit. <laughs> actually, it's on your site. And how much of it is actually blocked? You know, like, come on, come on, bro. Let's, yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's a scary world we're living in. And uh, we're probably the last generation that will remember a world before it. True. But, wow, that's true. That's yeah. good. That's real. I like how you said we're basically cyborgs. Like, it actually is a crazy thing to think about. Like, it's just, it's not inside of us yet, but it's like, everywhere we go like you know like everything is controlled by it so that that's wild another thing i think about that is crazy is like social media has like made it easiest for like you know to connect to people like all around the world but in that same sense you know like we have started like using technology to like isolate ourselves and like you know have to deal with people like less and less on a actual like you know physical face-to-face basis and I don't know it's like getting it, it to me is like wild because like uh, I'm sure like the average person has like most younger people like would not like approach random people in public like you know like uh, we kind of like uh, have become scared of ourselves kind of thing like but yet we're so connected at the same time it's like a very strange thing to look at you know mm-hmm. yeah it is like it is. even they were saying in the documentary that like since the popularization of um social media and all that like social anxiety in like young kids and like all these stuff have increased mm-hmm. which is like it's like uh but wait this is supposed to make it easier for us to be connected but yet people are finding finding it harder and becoming more anxious about being around other people so i don't know it's crazy it's like do you think it's an overall positive thing for for us as a society or not it's a it's a tricky question that you see because i think it's done a lot of positive but as in with everything you have to look at it in both ways right and like the number of positive things it's done by connecting people around the world and giving like um for example like during this pandemic so many families were like broken apart and not able to see each other for a while. And technology is the only reason why most of them were like able to see, like chill together, you know, and be able to talk with each other and, and keep in contact regularly without actually losing their mind. Like, like my, uh, my mom's dad um, is quite old and he was already a bit ill and then he had a, like a bit of a stroke. And because of the travel restrictions, she couldn't go back, but she was able to see him whenever she wanted. Like she could call my grandmother or like one of her sisters and like they're able to show him and he can talk to her or whatever. And that wouldn't have been possible 10 years ago, 15 years ago, do you know what I mean? But at the same time, the number of issues that it's brought on socially is also, it's ridiculous and it can't be, you can't like disregard it at all because 
like you said, with the whole social anxiety thing. So um, one of my modules last year um, in my final year was a project about social media where we're looking at it and you had to then do a personal social media project where mm -hmm. you look at your own social media use and you can decide what you want to do. Like your question was up to you, but it had to be like personally done. So with research. And um, so with me, I wanted to see how much time I use. So I, I split it into two months. And the first month I just used my like social media like I did normally. And then I counted how long I did it after a month, like on average, how much time do I spend? What was I doing? What was productive in the time that I was on social media? Did I make anything? Did I create anything? Or was I just scrolling for no reason? And then the second half of it was trying to understand, like trying to cut down. Cause I realized like I was on it for like three, four hours on average a day. And what am I doing? You know, of those three hours every day or four hours every day, I maybe posted 12 posts in a month you know so that's not even a post every two days so i mean like what am i actually doing with my time there you know and i got surely i could be doing something more productive but one of my friends her um her project was actually on her herself and how it made her feel and she really she deleted all her social media and she said she felt so free because she felt as if she didn't have to prove anything to anyone she didn't look, she didn't open up her feed and see people, you know, with expensive shoes and doing expensive things and didn't make her feel inadequate and make her feel like she needed to do something and put it on social media to show people that she's doing it. Mm. And uh, I think it's crazy. Like you get to that point then when suddenly you tip, you go from it being a good little tool to connecting with people and showing people what you're getting up to, to then going, everyone's life is better than mine. I need to prove to people that my life is better than theirs. But in, in that process, you lose yourself and you lose your happiness and then it's a rabbit hole. And then you like, you just get deeper and deeper and deeper until it's a, it's an actual problem. So it's, it's strange. It's a very uh, strange dilemma to actually think about. A social dilemma is a very good way to actually like describe it, I think. Describe it. Yeah, yeah. I, agree. I think it's really interesting that like, this is the thing, right? Like as humans, like psychologically, our weakness or vulnerability is this need for because we're communal beings and it's because we're communal beings but it's this need for approval and this need for connection and appreciation and attention that's what it is and you can now get that attention from somebody without even physically being in front of them and that is something that has taken over um our minds and that like little little vulnerability like that's what social media has just monetized and like binged on you know and they realized that okay this is a psychological hack basically and this is how we can hack humans into losing in touch with each other and but at the same time we're not conscious of it or are we conscious of it and we're willfully ignoring it? That's the second question, you know? And they talk a lot about willful ignorance in this and I really like it because I like recently in law, like this is all we've been doing, like just the willful knowledge of having something, but pretending like you don't have it, but then foreseeing circumstances to the action, but pretend yeah. knowing the, like knowing what's gonna happen, but then ignoring how you can contribute to not make that happen. That's willful ignorance, you know? And I think that's what's happening here. I think everybody knows to a certain extent, they can, they, they will be a point in everybody's life where they realize, oh shit, actually like I haven't put down my phone all day or I haven't, you know, I've, I've, I've like stared at my screen all day. Your eyes hurt, your, you know, your, your, like your back hurts, your posture hurts. They are, things that your body does to remind you to be like, yo, cut it off, cut it off. It's yeah. not, 
Like it's not okay. Like it's, you're binging the extent that your body can take this kind of technological use as well. But um, yeah. we, we like willfully ignore it. We willfully ignore it. We work through it. We work through the pain and it's easy to just put it aside because it's a rabbit hole at the end of the day. Like once you're in to like gain that attention to call yourself out is a lot more like it's they basically programmed an unconscious habit like that's what they did and i and for me that's like how did we let that happen or now oh. that we've let that happen how did we how do we break apart from it how do we let everybody know because the generations that really affect are affected the most are the generations that one grew up in the so-called Western world, like the hub of technological production and advancement. And also the people that, you know, are coming in generations below us because phones are so much more accessible. You know how much, you know how much money it makes to make one phone in China or like in Taiwan? It's so cheap. Like it's so cheap. Like you walk into China, like Taiwan's not that bad. Like when you go into other cities, but you walk into China, from the moment people are walking around, no one's looking up. Everybody's on their phones in subways. No one's looking up. Like you can leave a phone in China. My dad left his phone on a subway and found it, <laughs> found it six hours later. You cannot do that in, other, in certain parts of the countries of the world to the extent where technology is so cheap. Technology is so cheap. It's That's, so readily yeah. accessible. Like everybody. And it's, and it's the cool thing to do. And we've come to a thing where, people are not questioning whether the cool thing to do is the right thing to do. And that's where the problem originates, I think, because we've just, I don't know, it's kind of sad to see like, and I mean, I think I'm a hypocrite to saying this because I know consciously, like, especially since the pandemic, my social media, like, up, like usage has probably doubled 100% regardless. And everything's online for me. I have to stare online. I have to, okay, let's pause for a moment. Yeah, let's pause for a second, please. Yeah, so as I was saying, um, how do we, how do we, how do we, um, um, how do we, like, how do we explain this to the generations below? Because I feel like the generations that are most affected by this entire social media, social dilemma, are the generations that one have grown up in my opinion like the west kind of have been influenced a lot by western civilization um but have also like grown up in these like technological hubs of advancement and um yeah and basically they're the most affected and they are the generations that um cannot like get out of this dystopia almost, you know? And it's hard. It's interesting. I don't know. I think it's crazy. Did you guys watch Bird Box, by the way? I haven't seen it, actually. Bird oh. Box is the eyes where they have to cover their eyes. Yeah, where they all, all have to yeah. cover their eyes. It was trash, in my opinion. I thought that movie was trash. Okay, we'll talk about this later. Um, I'm, so, kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of offended that someone's going hard on Sandra Bullock. I thought it was overrated, bro. Everyone was, like, going, like, oh, yeah, this is, like... Please. Anyway, this is, <laughs> anyway, like what I wanted to say was that do you guys think that because like technology and like social media has made like the world so interconnected and like everything is a touch of like a, a fingertip away that we because of this like we ignore like the social problems it's having in terms of 
kids, like younger kids, having more anxiety, more depression, more like body dysmorphia. Like, you know, there's some people I know that literally would not take a picture without a filter on it, you know? Yeah. And, like, and I thought I, I thought that was scary. I'd be like, like, why do you need a filter? Like, uh, like your phone is making you feel like you, you're not like you, with your own face. Yeah. That wanna you know touch it up in these small ways. I don't know. Like, why do we ignore like all these social effects that 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 this like increased use of social media is having, and is making us feel like everything is much more connected and you know but we're seeing that is making people you know become more extreme and like uh, they're basically having two sides now is reaching a point where like like people either have to believe like strictly in one thing or like strictly in another and like there's no such thing as like being a centrist or like you know um seen the gray area between like that 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 space has kind of kind of been removed so mm. i don't know why you think we ignore it why because it creates this picture perfect world like if i can create a world where i am absolutely perfect and i have no blemishes and like it's 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 choosing to believe in in the reality that you want and it's choosing to believe in only your reality like we touched on this earlier on i think that's what it is you're able to just color in the spots that haven't been colored you're able to only listen to what you want to listen to only like you're there's no fun preaching to the choir but you are you you are preaching to yourself what you see is what you want to believe so you what you want to believe i have a question to that though what was what you see if someone was like so what's wrong with me just surrounding myself with stuff that i like like why do i have to see stuff i don't want to see on my phone no that's fine right like for me that's fine you want to create your little safe little bubble and where what you believe is what you believe and you know and you want to create a bubble where you forever look perfect and whatever manifestation you can believe i'm fine with that my problem the problem that social dilemma comes that highlights is the lack of ability to listen to the other side so now you're only surrounded by yourself. You're only surrounded by what you want to see, what you want to believe. That's all you see. And then you're like, you're ignoring. You're, that's what it is. You're ignoring. You're making the other side and the, any other perspective and any other option of existence other than what you've deemed right and what you've accepted. You've basically blocked everything out and you're refusing to listen. The refusal and the ignorance is where the problem comes. That's what I think. So it's for me, it's okay. You want to create a picture perfect world? Create your picture perfect world. That's fine. But that's what I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I wanted to push you a little bit more and ask you one more thing about that. Okay, go. Finish what you're gonna say, though. Finish what you're gonna say. No, no, ask. I feel like I'm just talking. <laughs> I don't know. So what if, like, you know, because I've heard people like you know see this argument. Not saying I agree with it, but put people be like, no, like what the other ha- side has to say, like. Like, we can't even tolerate that view because, like, in that way, we'd be, like, like I don't know, in some ways justifying it or, like, you know, letting that narrative be spread. But that narrative is, like, so dangerous that it should not, like, it doesn't deserve the right to be spread. Like, what would you say to someone like that? Like, free speech or? 
Yeah, now, so now you're binging on philosophy, free speech versus what? Freedom of speech. Like, um, no, I'm asking, like, what would you say if, if someone says you like they don't want to hear the other side because they believe like it's, it's dangerous? You know, and you know, a bit, I think I've, I've come to a point where, and this is, this is where part of my problem in myself lies, is I will say, fine, if that's how you want to believe it, believe it. But should we leave those people alone? Should we leave those people alone is the question. Like, I know I personally will sit down and take the time to explain or like to talk or like just to converse and listen to somebody who I completely disagree with, but I will sit there and be like, okay, fine. It's your opinion and I'll take it. That's me. And your question is, should we even let that opinion exist if it's not the opinion that benefits and is inclusive of everybody, right? Not more than that is like, if I'm a person that, like there's an opinion that exists that I don't care for and like I like I don't see any value in it, then I deserve the right to say that like you know, basically like invalidated. Like I don't need to hear that like like, you know, I don't even need to consider that option. Mm. I guess that's okay when you're looking at it as individual things, right? But then there'll come a point where if you are a person like that, for example, where you where you know like like, look, like you say as well, there's certain things where <laughs> you shouldn't even like, like let that person say their thing because you mm. know it's bullshit. Flat earth, we know, we know, right? Like there's no <laughs> reason. But at the same time, like there's times where like that might add up, you know, and then one day you don't want to listen to another person's opinion about something else, which may be almost similar and almost as crazy, but not so much. And like, it, it may change, you know, the problem with not allowing a voice at all is there comes a point where like you just have to think like who are you to if, if that's the case they're going to be people like that towards you as well right and look if i'm looking at it personally i'm let's i'm the same i don't really care that much um i've gotten to a point in my life where fuck it is the basic motto you know it is what it is and if you don't want to learn and if you don't want to grow as a person then that's on you because i've I like learning. I like growing. Do you know what I mean? So personally, if it comes to that and I get to a person who's so stubborn, they don't even want to like accommodate the thought. That's on you, man. Like you're going to come across someone that's going to teach you. It's not me. I'm not that man. Like (laughs) allow me access to just move on. But the thing is, I think when people decide to not even allow them to, to just make a point, then you're playing with a dangerous game of, when will that come up again? Because there's going to come, there's going to be another op. Cause if you do it once, it's like, it's like anything, right? If you do it once, you give yourself the allowance to say, well, I've done it once. I can do it again, no matter how good or how bad it is. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter at that point. But like, if you give, if you do it once, you'll do it again. And it may come to the point where someone is trying to tell you something that may be controversial. See, if you may, you might be like a Christian person and someone comes to you, talk, talk to you about abortion and you believe strongly about abortion in one way i'm not i'm not going to say which way and the other person believes in the other way and you decide you know what i don't even like this person doesn't have any valid points like fuck it you're blocked in my mind now you're not even allowing discussion for a serious topic Mm. you know one that look personally as a guy feel like i shouldn't have any real input on at all unless it's my kid even then, like, hey, look, if she wants to keep it and I don't, like, that's on me. Like, I, I should have learned my lesson. Like, what the fuck am I doing, right? Mm. But that's another, like, that's for another day, another time. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
you know, the, there comes a point when you start censoring people in your own mind where mm-hmm. a controversial topic might come up and depending on the person you are, right? And I'm not saying this is you, but I'm saying like a person might go down that route of saying, I don't want to listen to this. This is nonsense. Because there are people that take perfectly valid arguments and call it nonsense, right? And if, if people are doing that, you're capable of then saying, I don't want to listen to this person. And now you've caused like a blockade in your learning curve. Yeah. So I think everybody has a path they're supposed to follow. But some people veer off path. Some people find that again. Some people just block and sit down and build a house in like in, on the road and they don't move. <laughs> and it's, it's like everyone has their individual journeys. And it's just, it's crazy because a lot more people are now becoming stubborn because again, they're surrounding themselves only with the things they want to hear. And sometimes you've got to hear the things you don't want to hear in order to read. Like no one wants to hear about children being kidnapped and trafficked. And no one wants to hear about the number of like gender-based violence cases or like rape cases. Or, but no one really wants to hear about it. But you need to know because you, you need to be safe. You need to keep your loved ones safe. You need to know if, if, you, if you hear something that you know, or like you think something is suspicious, you need to be able to like tell people because if you don't know there's like a fucking serial killer around, and your friend is acting suspicious, you're not going to think twice. I mean, you're going to be like, this guy's just weird. What's wrong with you? <laughs> but you, know, so, so you need to have like, you, you need to have awareness, you know? And if you just block yourself, you're like, fuck, I'm not going to listen to the news. The news is bullshit. You don't know that your housemate is killing people in the basement. And like, this guy's just weird. He throws the basement to his room. Okay. <laughs> it's true. Awareness. Awareness is important. That's it. That's just it. Like, like everyone is at the end of the day, everyone is allowed to think what they want to think and do do what they want to do, say what they want to say. Uh, obviously, in its like legal matters and shit. But like at the end of the day, if you are the kind of person that doesn't want to listen to people and stuff, that's fine. That's that's on you as an individual. It's everything. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction, whether it's physically or emotionally or metaphysically that shit it's gonna come back and whack you man like there's there has to be a reason so many different cultures and like fucking science laws all say the same thing surely again like there has to be some some link to it so if you decide not to learn that's on you that's on you as a person but it'll come back one day and you're gonna be like because every bad decision we've made in my case for sure it's come back and i've looked at it and i've thought oh Oh my God, it's made me a lot better as a person, but fuck me, I wish I wouldn't have to go through that, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's strange. I think, uh, I think everyone just has to go through their own learning curves and you will find people, like you said, that are just going to be perfectly willing to cut down a logical argument and say, nah, I, I don't. Mm-mm. And it's up to you whether you want to be the warrior and like fight for your cause mm-hmm. or just inhale some fuck it and walk on you know yeah. like <laughs> okay boy. go we back all right <laughs> yeah, so me yeah. okay i was gonna um ask so yeah the question i had to ask you was like what has been like your personal experience like with social media like do you feel like it has had like effects on your mental health uh, on stuff like that or has it been like positive for you um so, so for me, uh, so, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try and outline how my social media use started. Um, I was on Facebook in 2008 
that's my earliest memory of uh, joining the social media facebook 2008 i was like 11 12 years old i lied and said i was born in 1989 cuz i had to be 18 1989 it's hard man uh, <laughs> and i still remember like two years into my facebook thing i like what they already changed it but i forgot to change my year and my one of my aunts comments why was your birthday in 1989 They're like oh great that that good shit I like that was when every all your relatives were on Facebook yeah um, yeah that was first, um like social media and then I think I started a Twitter account as well didn't really use it. I still don't really use Twitter um and then Instagram came in after that Snapchat I have I don't really use but I don't know like in terms of my use I think I learned pretty quickly that likes mean like nothing You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I think Varsha will understand this when I say this as well. But like growing up in a place like Botswana, it's it's really small, so it's like very easy to see the rise and fall of Facebook celebrities. Like yeah. it's very easy. <laughs> it's like very easy. Like you'll see like people get likes and you'll be like who's this person and within a couple of weeks you'll know who this person is because everyone's sharing Everybody their posts. Everybody knows each other. <laughs> and then like within a few like months this person somehow is like fallen off the radar and like there's a new cool person in town you know that's just how the shit works yeah um, so i think it was i looked at that and i was like i'm not going to be sucked into this you know like if people don't like my shit that's cool i'm sharing it because i want an archive of things so that at some point down the line like if i've lost the device or something i can still log into like an account be like i remember i posted this shit and like find it that's pretty much what my facebook and my my instagram is for as well like yeah i i i think the other thing is like we have a lot of friends who've gone a lot of places around the world and like a lot of them were really close to us yeah. and we've moved away obviously so like we've left friends behind and like all of that shit complies so like you've got a bunch of followers who are all from different places and you do want to like share how your life is going cuz i'm not the person i was like fucking 10 years ago. I'm not even the person I was like 4 years ago I think yeah. you know what I mean so so like you obviously want to doc I think I'd like to document that and if not for anyone else but for me because like I look back on things sometimes and I cringe but then I'm like yeah you know this is a memory that I would have lost with devices with time with fucking whatever it is you know um so for me personally social media I don't think it has caused any issues uh i think i i was on top of it pretty well um and i think my interest in my subject obviously in like media and all that as well made me want read things that i don't know allowed me to look into it differently from an earlier age so that again like i was aware of the repercussions of most of the things i did but um yeah i i think i think i dealt with it well i don't i don't think i had any issues with it and i don't think i will have any issues with it like i just I don't do things for likes. I've never done things for other people. Yeah. I've never been that guy. Do you know what I mean? Like where I mean I do things for people that I obviously that I love and cherish, but I've never done things for for other people to appreciate me doing it. Mm-hmm. I if I can do things silently and it actually has an effect, I'd much rather do that. Do you know what I mean? I'd I'd rather not get any plaudits for something and just get things done. So like so like having an account on social media for me was just a documentation of my life like this is how i've been going and i don't know at some point in the line i'm going to look at it and laugh and, and and shit so it's never caused any issues for me but at the same time it's very easy for me to see how someone can get drawn into it and it can cause them actual mental anguish 
mm-hmm. and you know like we only really started recognizing mental illness as a proper serious issue over the last three years maybe like sure. i mean how 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 many times did people tell you oh are you depressed just get better smile you know you'll feel better <laughs> like how often did people hear that right so yeah we're now realizing that like mental illness is such a like massive spider's web of things and anything can trigger anything and it's like it's like you know what i mean it's a very volatile situation mm-hmm. so social media is like a very root cause of it as well yeah and i think now more than ever it's become an outlet for people and in the same way it's also become a way for people to get drawn into things that cause them real mental instability and issues that true it's, it's, it's crazy it's a very like complex situation but at the same time you can't just say shut shut it all down like Can what you? happens then what do we all do for me i i liked how they ended the documentary because they talked about regulation you know and naturally being uh, like someone from like a very legal perspective with what I study, like I can easily see like how regulation and how like there's no legislature that can actually regulate social media right now. We don't have any legal law that regulates how people make money off of social media. The the only way good turns into bad, in my opinion, when you commercialize and when you can profit off of it. And that profit is for self-gain and not communal gain. That's when I really see the good turning into the bad, positive into negative, if you really want to put labels on it. Like that's what, that's what I see when the spectrum really shifts and it's attacking the creators themselves. And right now there's no regulation. Like you need a healthy dosage and no one's specifying what that healthy dosage is. And we don't have a framework that's putting into, um, putting sort of boundaries on how people can use social media um, or get the pro get the get the users also the term users i love that they mentioned the only people the only industries in the world that use the term users are the illegal drug industry and um what was the other one social media technology or something hold on i wrote it down Um, oh yeah and software software yeah thanks it and software exactly and that for me like you're kidding that correlation i was like whoa whoa, whoa. this is this i I just want to segue quickly here like when i was writing one of my things there's actually like a a term for us people that use technology and social media exactly it's like it's a hybrid of a producer and a user so it's a prod user basically a prod because we use content because without us, social media is nothing. If today, two billion people decide to fuck off off Facebook, it's nothing. Facebook is nothing without nothing. content, right? Facebook itself as a company produce nothing. They produce a platform. Yep. Everything else they want it is us, created by us, by the users. We're producing and then using that. You know, we're sending it out. We're like sharing memes, this, that, the other, right? Um, we are both the simultaneously it is like our product but it is also some like a service to us because like if you take the people out of it it's nothing you take the people out of instagram it's nothing like mm-hmm. what social media like site would thrive without anyone on it none none you need to have yeah. people on it you don't need you could be the only user on instagram you know what i mean like True. the only guy that posts pictures 
and everyone would follow you. And all you would do would be posting pictures of your floor every day. It's the same bit of floor. But if no one else is creating any content, but sure. there's 15,000 people that want to see something, who are they going to see? Floor man. <laughs> it's the simultaneous like, creation of a utopia and a dystopia and where's the balance yeah that's wild yeah, yeah. But Russia, what was your experience with social media my experience with social media um i think i like i again again i think my social media entrance really began with facebook um and Right now, I think my most used apps are probably Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Um, those three, all owned by the same company. I guess I'm just loyal. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, I was actually telling Akil about this the other day. Think about it, right? Facebook, I cannot. Facebook is such a waste of fucking space on my phone. First, you need a Facebook app just to go through your news feed. And then your messenger same, same application, but different, like same product, different application, then messenger. Then if you want to manage your events, there's an event app, get download. Then you want to manage your pages. There's a page app download. What and else am I left two. with? Huh? There's one for groups too. Yep, for exactly. Group? Download yeah. Instagram. Uh, same, same company I download. Then on top of that, while my laptop is on low battery, um, <laughs> ironic anyway, and then on top of that you literally put all of this instagram you download a, like maybe a boomerang app for instagram you download an app to monitor your followers you like whatsapp they, there's one company taking up nine like nine storage spaces on your phone and you're like why do they want us to just consistently like because we are consistently going to be the producer like we are the producer you know yeah, it's an ecosystem, and without like without you, they don't thrive. You they need don't. To, you need to that content, whatever shit it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It just needs to be something they can share. True, you know? exactly. And you've got all these like even with music nowadays, Spotify. Like, and I, I only recognize this like like as I'm moving, like me and Akila moving into this like podcast sphere like sphere so like we walk in and i'm like okay so i have spotify and then i there's like you trying to download anchor already takes you to five other platforms use wave wave is connected to spotify like and then there's another like tree link connects to all four like it's crazy and it's like okay like i'm wasting so much space for something i could just use on one app or like on one particular platform but like they're not just wasting space on your phone they're wasting space on your mind and they're wasting space on your brain and they're taking up all this space and now it's like you know there's not there's not enough space for the things that actually genuinely matter and build growth and stimulate intellectual thinking and blah, blah, blah. yeah let me ask you a weird question i'll ask both of you this weird question when you guys started this, obviously you were very excited about starting the podcast, right? Like it was something that you gave a bit of thought and like it was something that like you grew together and finally when you did the first one, it was an exciting, exciting thing. Yes. You dream about doing a podcast, like something visual about the podcast that night or the night before or somewhere, somewhere around that time. Did you, did you actually visualize it at any point? Um, like, did you get to a point where you did it and you were like, you could see it because the, oh, the only reason I'm asking, right? is because sometimes when I play a video game, yeah. like if I start a game, I tend to get into it. Like if I go home over the summer, like for every time I go home for two months, three months, I'll buy a single player video game because my brother's a piece of shit. He doesn't play with me. So I buy a single player <laughs> video game. 
and I pl- and I play it. So Spider-Man, whatever. Every time I get into a game, after about a week or so of playing it, and maybe this is also because I do take intoxicating substances sometimes, so you know my mind is normal. But uh, I dream of that shit. I dream of it in the in the way like I wake up sometimes and I'm like, yo, I can't wait to play it. Like, like yeah. I'm am play this game that I've been playing for the last it's three taken, weeks. It's taking space. Yeah. It's taking uh. up space. It's the same with shit like um, with lights. You know what I mean? Like I can understand because when I started my, like the podcast initially was like a, a little thing. And then I did two, three more episodes and I got like positive reception from the people. I didn't put it up on many places. I just put it up on a few different places. Yeah. Um, I got positive reception from people to the point where then I started dreaming about like, Oh, I'm gonna wake up and so, like Joe Rogan is gonna have hit, seen heard my podcast. You know, like, I don't know football, but you are the guy. And I'm like, these are bullshit dreams. I shouldn't be having them anyway. But I, I wake up dream, like wake up like in excitement sometimes. It's like when you wake up thinking you ordered a pair of shoes. Yeah. Have you ever woken up and think they're at your like like door and you you open it like yeah I got this. Like it's the same. It takes up so much thought. And the, the downside of it, obviously, is you wake up, you're disappointed and stuff. But now you're back on that app. You're trying to do things with it. Like, you're, you're like, yeah. okay, well, if I in my dreams, I'm going to, like, push through. And, yeah, that can be good because, obviously, you do need some sort of, like, motivation to do your thing. But at the same time, you also need to, like, you can't, you can't spend four hours a day on your phone. I was spending four hours a day only on those social media apps. That's all I was tracking. I wasn't even <laughs> tracking other things that I was doing. There, there were other things. I don't have data when I go home. I purposely. Yeah, same. I know the struggle, same. So it's easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I decide. Okay, I'm not going to, like, here I have ridiculous data. My Wi Fi just goes down for two seconds. I'm on it, right? Mm-hmm. Home, I don't, I don't do it. And I've made it like a, a, a thing where I just don't pay for it. This time it was difficult because I was home for eight months. So yeah. I had a lot of running around to do and no, like, like data connection on my phone. But at the same time, I did more, like, productive stuff with my time. If I was yeah. waiting for my brother to finish something I was reading, if I had time, I'd, I'd go to gym in that time. You know what I mean? I'd make sure I run all my errands. I did basically all the errands for my parents. Like if they needed to go to do something and they didn't need to physically be there to do that, I would be the one doing it. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. Like, mm-hmm. I was, I, I, so I think I drove, I'm, I'm not going to like bullshit you guys. I think I drove close to about like, like close to 10,000 kilometers this time while I was home. Wow. just in the city I didn't go anywhere I didn't go anywhere I was just doing shit but I was productive whereas if I'm here and I'm waiting for a bus and I've got an hour and a half instead of going and taking a walk somewhere I'm sitting on my phone because I've got data and I can scroll through and just look at bullshit just like be lost in that world yeah. yeah if someone invented an app that would tell you how many kilometers you scroll with your thumbs would you download it <laughs> probably Probably, yeah. I think I would actually, because I'd be curious but to know. Not get scared by the constant notifications of it telling you you've hit five kilometers. You yeah, hit, because you know how much a kilometer is. Exactly, yeah. and you know what? And that would in fact incentivize me to use it more to see how much I, how far my marathon can run on my thumb. You know what I mean? So now it could work the other way. For me, I would think instead of that five kilometers on my thumbs, if I did five kilometers with my legs, I would be fucking athletic right now 
<laughs> yeah, true. It could hit the other way. But that's the thing, right? Positive reinforcement. Which way does it swing? And depending on which direction it's trying to hit, you know? Like, for an app like that, that maybe that was created to tell people to stop using social media so they become conscious of how much they're actually scrolling, they then all of a sudden, um, that's, you're, you're by giving them like, oh, 10 kilometers. Anybody who sees a rise in number thinks of it as a positive note, you know? And immediately, like, the connotation is usually positive. And then immediately you get incentivized to think these are goals and you can actually go with it. And that's exactly what they've done with the like system and the like button when you think about it. So yeah. it's positive reinforcement that's gone on an extreme. Like the person who created the like button was like, yeah, we started it because we wanted to spread positivity and love. And I was like, mm, look where it is now. <laughs> like, look where it is now. They made the like button was people are like, okay, so where's the dislike button? Yes. So, like, so they up. it. Yeah. You up. You know, yeah, it took you 10 years to actually give us an angry emote, but it's not the same. Where the fuck is the dislike button? Just give it to us, the people we have. Yeah, I, I think that's also to. Yeah. Sorry, I was gonna say, I feel like they also didn't have a dislike button because, you know, social media is supposed to be like this perfect world. So they, they say, they like, uphold that imagery of, like, you know, like, like everyone presenting the best vision of themselves and, like, oh, you know, like yeah. everything being so amazing. Like, uh, that's why they would have a like button and not a dislike button, I guess. True, true, very true. Yeah. But okay, coming back to, but I'll tell you this after Facebook, like I, like my major users are Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. WhatsApp because I consistently, it's, it's like my family network. So if I'm not on it, I'm not speaking to my family, you know? Um, and then Facebook, Facebook has become kind of like my political platform where I share a lot of stuff that I read, that I like, that I want to promote other people for. And my Instagram, I I know this privatization doesn't exist. You want privacy is an, is a lost concept with social media, but my Instagram is private. So like it's it's capped on who the people that are following me and that I'm following are genuine people that I want to know what's happening in their life and you know, like sometimes I think maybe the reason why like I can pick up a phone and just speak to a random person that I haven't spoken to in 10 years, maybe, and it feels the same, maybe because, yeah, we're on the same wavelength, but also because maybe you've unconsciously been a part of each other's lives, you know, whether it was a comment or a like or sending them something and unconsciously you just join a pathway Um because I think, you know what it is? I can't remember where I saw this, but we're all lines, right? And, and technically our lines, sometimes they intermingle and then they'll go different parts. But now we've made it seem like they will continuously intermingle regardless of how physically away from each other we go. So yeah. you don't know if the people that you constantly are keeping around you and keeping tabs on around you are the people you genuinely need for growth or whatever, whatever. That's a different question. But not everybody's involved in each other's lives. And that I think that's what Instagram's become for me. Very similar to Sid. I feel like you'll, I don't know about Akil, but I'm going to ask you this now. But because like Instagram's become that way where I can sort of showcase like my Instagram is so like, it's just me. I think it's just me. Like, I don't think I've ever posted anything for like aesthetic. I don't know what aesthetic is on Instagram. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I, sometimes I see it and I'm like, wow, that actually looks nice, but I don't think I could ever do it. I just post my, my I don't even know what they are. They're just moments in my life really. And I like, I like what Sid said about keeping a compilation of kind of like, 
my memories. It's just a digital compilation. Is it? I, I don't love it. I don't love, I don't love being on technology. I'm super anti-technology in a way. I think everything I know how to do online is for survival because I need to do it. Otherwise, I can't uni, I can't get a degree, I can't get a job. Like, you know, like it's just survival for me. And I promise, like, I swear, if ever I make enough money to employ somebody, I promise you I'll employ someone to just take care of all my tech because I don't want to learn any <laughs> stuff. Like I, I really do. Like I, I think I'm on the absolute extreme of a spectrum. I like contributing to it, but I know it's unhealthy for me and I hate how much it sucks me in. And especially with this pandemic, I've noticed specifically. So um, I don't know. But what about you, um, Akil? How's your relationship with social media been? Um, I would definitely say like in the beginning, like in the early stages of social media, because I had social media like really young, like, Probably same 2008, I was like, what, like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And I would definitely say, like, I felt like maybe towards the earlier part of Facebook, like, and Instagram, I definitely, like, you know, not necessarily that, like, I super cared about likes, you know, but like, it was a thing, you know, and it's definitely something, like, I'll think about it, and like, I'll be checking my posts, be like, okay, like, how many likes did I get, whatever, like, when I was 13, 14, but. Mm-hmm. Like as I like grew to you know get older, like I realized like, oh this is all some bullshit. Like uh, who cares about these likes? Okay. So yeah. like you know like now to the now I like I've reached the exact opposite point where like most of the times when like I post on social media, I don't even know who likes it. I don't I don't know who watches my story. Like you know I I don't even check that you know. Yeah. So I've like literally come to a point where it's literally the exact opposite where I just not not affected by it like in any way like at all um yeah. i don't know i feel like like social media and like just technology is funny anyway because i feel like i definitely don't need it but like when i have a phone i definitely will be checking like you know it just it's just like a habit almost like it's not even something like you 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 consciously decide to do you know like you just end up on your phone and you're like bro why am i even on instagram like i did not even want to look at this like i'm just bored and I, like it's the easiest thing for your hands to remember to do you know that it's like pick up your phone and check you know and be like bro i don't even care about this like why am i looking at this so i don't know but for me like i know like i've gone a lot of times where i, I lose my phone or break my phone like almost every other month yeah. i don't have a phone and like when I have no phone, I feel like so free. I literally feel like, wow, I don't need to care when anyone wants to message me, wants to talk about me. I will do this when I feel like, like you it, know, yeah. but, but then it makes your life much harder because like, you know, just being in communication with people like bro in America having no phone is like worse than having no house. Okay, I'm joking. It's definitely not that bad, <laughs> but it's just so annoying. Like, you literally can't do anything out of anything you want to do. Like, they have to text you to, like, confirm and all this bullshit. I'm like, bro, I don't, ha- I don't have a phone. Like, stop asking me for this shit. Yeah, so, yeah. like, it's kind of crazy that, like, literally so many things have come to depend on having a phone, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's wild. And, like, just, like, I don't know, I was thinking about this recently, like, just stuff like phone boots where like you know you could come and just put in a few cents and like get a phone like that that shit doesn't really exist anymore because like there's just the assumption that everyone has a phone it's like almost like 
you need to have a phone. Like that's the way like how how our um like technology is being built. And I don't know, this made me think of something that they said on social that I don't know, like really stuck out to me was when they said that um a tool is like like a tool could technology could only be a tool like if it's there ready for like you to use it when you need to use it, you know, but it's not a tool if like you like you feel like it is like like persuading you like you know like making you come to use it and I, like i don't know i thought that was very interesting you know because it really is like like it almost like t- technology like persuades you to to check it like uh, like t- unconscious level and like that's not to say like oh we have no self-control or whatever but it is something that is like literally like built into like our brains and like how it's wired and they're like tapping into that, like into that subconscious thing, you know? So it's kind of crazy because like sometimes like when your phone is in your pocket and it vibrates, like nine out of 10 times, you're going to want to check one time, like, okay, what, like, you know, like what is happening now, you know? And mm-hmm. and like, uh, I feel like for most people, that that would not be your default reaction, you know? Like you don't need to know, like if, if someone tried to, to message you, bro, like you don't need to know internet okay what is like you know what is going on now but it's made our attention span like come to the point where it's so short that like you know it's like we just need like these instant updates like you know like always need to know what's going on and i don't know so i feel like that that is not in our best interest you know because it feels like it is using us more than we are using it true yeah it's so true um, I believe what exactly they said was um, it, they went, they transitioned you from a tool-based environment to a manipulation and addiction-based environment. And that's how you get sucked in. You're manipulated, you're addicted. And, you know, those words, like, this is true addiction. Like, this mm-hmm. is the biggest addiction. Like, I think, I, you know what I think? I think um, being depressed is the new STI and being the new biggest addiction is is social media you you've fallen into this trap and it's hard to walk out of it so this uh this reminds me of my like a gucci main quote too like (laughs) you think it's funny but it's the truth a man is lost without the sauce but the same man can be lost within the sauce true without without we're lost we are lost. Like, let's be honest. We're like, when you're not connected, you are going to lose out on things. Like, unfortunately, these days, you have to be connected at least to get your basic needs done. Yeah. But, like, you can be lost. Honestly, okay. So, I, I had a, like, I was part of a, a, a robbery recently and stuff. And they took my wallet, which really pissed me off because there was nothing they could have used in my wallet because it was back home. But it had all my UK cards, which wouldn't have worked. And uh, very little cash and all that. But all my UK stuff which now I have to come, like, once lockdown has been lifted, I need to start, like, redoing and all that. Thank all the stuff, yeah. I was thinking, the first thing I thought of after it all was, at least I still have my phone, because my phone still has my card contact list. It has, like, some of my ID things. I was like, fuck it, like, my wallet was a really nice wallet I got for my birthday. Yeah. But it is what it is, you know? This thing gives me, like, (laughs) it, it has my cards, it has my ID. Like, if this went, I was fucked. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it has a lot more than just 
just my my my, my cards and what my the insides of my wallet you know True. so yeah we're, we're lost without technology but uh i think if we're not careful we will be lost within the technology and okay this brings, us- me, this brings me to my question to the two of you because akil and i started something nice saying it was going to be the matrix matrix exposed and so in this documentary this is the exact question they asked and i need to ask it to you guys so how do you wake up from the matrix when you don't even know that you're in it how do you wake up from the matrix when you don't even know you're in it like we're trying to expose the matrix here so how are we exposing the social media social dilemma matrix to those people that don't even know they're in it. Because right now we're using it to get to them to pull them out. Does that make sense through the podcast? So how do you wake them up? How do you wake up, wake them up from the matrix when they don't know they're in it? Sleazy, I want to I I start with you. You want me to start? Wow, okay, I'm getting called on someone. All right. <laughs> Let me see what I think. Okay. Firstly, I want to say I feel like we've been critiquing social like social media and technology a lot but that is not invalidate like all the amazing great things that is possible because of you know this same technology like this very conversation is a product of true of social media and you know technology like Bosch and I have not actually seen each other in real life for like the last four years so (laughs) the fact that we can even stay in contact is because of that i've never met sid before in real life and the fact that we're even being able to like have this entire in-depth conversation is all a result of that and <clears throat> i feel like all the amazing things that technology has done has kind of convinced us that it's okay to like you know let them do all this kind of stuff I I realized recently like these technology companies are really taking me piss bro like they literally are taking so much advantage of our of us is like crazy like you know i was thinking about recently right i was like why do people just press agree to terms and conditions like without even reading it it's because you don't even have a choice it's like it's like either okay you read this 30 page document saying a whole bunch of nothing and bullshit and even if you don't agree with it guess what you can't use it so it's it's not like (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's not even like you have the choice to say like okay like i want to use this but i don't i don't want this you know and it's like it's just like okay you either don't use it at all or take it with all these fucked up conditions and it's like you know we're just all alone the balls in your court that, the balls fist, you know yeah exactly it's like uh, it's like like i don't know like why are we allowing this to happen and that's why i feel like like in terms of the matrix being exposed i feel like the only way we could like i don't know quote unquote solve this is if we actually demand like technology to be like actual tool you know something to use like when you need it and not something to like literally like take advantage and like um I don't, I don't want to say weaknesses, but, like, just things that exist in, like, human nature and, like, human psyche. And, like, you know, like, kind of attack those points and, like, have people subconsciously, like, to feel and think in certain ways. And it's not even something, like, you could physically see, you know, so it's something very easy for, for you to dismiss 
at first you know like yeah. oh no nah, like that's not true like you know like you're saying like social media makes you crazy but like you know how people could invalidate stuff so easily so like once we literally accept that like okay like this thing is actually affecting us in like this way like you could actually see the changes in like how people interact like back then versus now and it, it shouldn't be like that like it shouldn't be something we depend on you know so I, I feel like that's that's what I think about it. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Sid? I like. I agree. Basically, that's that's one of like the major things. I think. First of all, um, I think we stand in a peculiar position of being the last few people who can still say we're part of this, the current generation, but we saw the rise of social media rather than being born when it was already a gargantuan mm-hmm. So we can say we have perspective and say, look, now now's our time. We're starting to be the head of our generation. Like our, gen- like our select few people, like years of people are going to be the people that lead these kids on for a little while. And um, it's up to us, you know, I think the key, uh, the key would have to be transparency because um, we know there's some bullshit going on they know there's some bullshit going on. We just wholeheartedly accept the bullshit because of all the the pros it comes with. Yeah. I think everyone should be a bit less tolerant of the bullshit that the tech companies are giving us because they all used to have the illusion that they were doing good. I think uh, when you think of each of those companies, each of these companies, the, the big four, you know, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Apple, they all seemed like good companies five, mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. No, they were tech companies. What are they doing wrong? Nothing. They're giving us a platform, giving us technology, and they're also trying to do their best to then help. But no, it turns out like each of these companies have their own shady shit going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously all businesses who are trying to make their own money and then mm-hmm. like profit market as big as possible. So can you blame them? No, because the system is a capitalist system. And like, if you want to succeed, you have to be unfortunately slightly crooked. But at the same time, that then means you can't just wholeheartedly agree to the every term and condition they give you and, uh, and accept it. Because, yeah, if, if two or three of us say no, then, oh, fuck, you can't use our app. Fuck you. That's it. Like, what if they lost three people? But if a whole set of people stand up and hold on, like, your 30-page bullshit means nothing. Simplify it for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I was a 10-year-old, what does this mean? Like, because 10-year-olds are using this application and they're clicking yes. Exactly. So, you know, where's the, it's like, it, it, it's like they were talking about this on the, on, on the podcast, on the show documentary as well, was how um, Saturday morning cartoons, there was a certain like guideline there to follow. You know, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know Samurai Jack? Yeah. Jack wanted, they wanted to make it as violent as it was, and, but mm-hmm. they couldn't kill those people. They couldn't have blood on, on Saturday mornings. So yeah. they made them robots. So they spill oil, but that's okay because they're not killing people and they're not breaking any guidelines. True. So, I don't know if that makes a kid violent because I grew up playing violent video games and watching violent things and I didn't, well, I'm yet to kill a person. Let's leave it at that. Like, I don't know. But at the same time, there were guidelines for a reason, you know, um, because I, I'll give you a very clear thing, like YouTube for kids and stuff. My little cousin, when he was three, the, the years between like three and four, he lived with me basically. So I was like almost like a second parent to him because I like took him place, picked him up from school and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he watch a bunch of things on YouTube. 
because he had like a little baby tab or whatever that he used to watch on. His parents were okay with it, so we're like, well, look, no, we're not going to fight with that. You can't parent another person's kid, yeah. Right, exactly. You just look after them like the best you can. And um, he uh, he started like getting violent after a while with to me and my brother. And we're like, what's going on? Like, what is this kid watching? And I checked his like, YouTube, and he was watching this really weird thing where it was like an animated Joker, like from Batman, but he's going around killing people, and he was really <laughs> bad animation. And he was like making weird noises, and he was going around like trying like choke hold us, and, and he's, 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 he's not gonna get very far. But the point was, you so, like at that age, you need guidelines. You know, you need to yeah. see robots killed not actual people get killed yeah. Um, yeah and the fact that the internet is a lawless place seemed like a beautiful and like utopian thing at first but that dream has turned into a nightmare and i think we need to d- demand transparency from everyone like yo if i'm using your site i want to know who gets access you know you say private it's only your friends but who on your team gets access? Access. You know, like, yeah. What have you guys? What are you guys saving about mine that I don't want saved? Like there's certain things I'm going to be uh, okay with saving. Yeah. But what if there's a picture of me tagged when I was drunk and I was 18 years old? You know, and then now here I am. I'm 44 years old. I'm a successful businessman or something, and uh, this comes up when you know, or, or I'm at a you know a job interview and this comes up. I was 18 years old. You know, <laughs> there are a lot of things that you never know might come back to bite you in the ass. And we're living on the cusp of that digital age taking over mm-hmm. where they're going to have access to everything. When your name comes up, it's a file that comes up. You know, you don't bring your CV. Your CV is there. Yes, you're right. You're right. When your name comes up, it's a file that comes up. You're right. Yeah. And like, it's the thump factor of that file that when you're sitting there and they pull your file up and you hear it go, and you're like, oh, it's either, yeah, I did a lot of good shit. Or, oh, they've got a bunch of me talking shit to people. <laughs> fighting, you know, oh my God, the illegal drugs. Like, <laughs> that's how, and is already doing that, like, social rating system, aren't they? So, how far off are we really? And if we don't demand change now, and if we don't take the, uh, the leadership on this to say that we know both sides of the coin, we see mm-hmm. you guys and we understand that this is your generation and we're not going to take anything away from you. Yeah. But at least listen to what we had to say, you know, like, like to look at how life was before and look at what you can still have with all these. Just because you demand transparency, these companies won't just dissolve and go away. The amount of money they make a year, they can't afford to. You know what I mean? The number of investors they have a year, like it, you can't afford any of that to, to, to just dissolve because people say we want change. If sure. enough people demand it, change happens, you know? Yeah, it's, that's um, true. It's a um, major social issue. Continue, continue. It's a major social? Oh, it. It's a major social issue. That's it. it. You just, like, we just have to push. True. I, I, I like what you said about... um. <laughs> samurai jack and the robots killing because it just brought up it just brought up um the concept of how just the killing in general because i know there's something in um in the social dilemma where some i can't remember who it was but someone says um you're worth more dead than alive and we've we've done that with all the products in the world you know like whether and he gave an example of a whale it's worth more dead than it is alive or like even general things like that so um, we are more we are worth more when our minds are numb and dead so 
when we're yeah. able to be controlled and when we're able to just fall into a psycho of just cycle of just whatever, just doing, 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 we're not thinking, we're not absorbing, we're not actually snapping out of things. Like we don't have that ability anymore. Yeah. Like, um, we're worth more when they have the control of that and they have that ability to instrumentalize that and use it. But having said that, I don't know, just because I'm such a, um, huge, I see the huge, huge advantage of, that social media has given all of us to raise awareness about so many things. Um, I don't think the flight of the fight of climate change is possible without social media awareness. I don't think these huge movements and calling to desystemize and decolonialize would ever come across if we did not, we were not able to share such ideologies and opinions around the world like look at the support black lives matter got around the world look at the support nsas is getting around the world the diaspora has spread using social media and so messages are spreading using social media and so i see that advantage and um in a way i think it just comes back to like holding yourself accountable and responsible right like you can like regardless i know like I'm a law student, so I, I'm angry that there's no digital law about this. It makes me mad that we don't have regulations, that we don't have things. Why aren't we taxing data assets? Like for me, I was like, we're not taxing that? Like that's so much money that we could be taking from the actual rich and putting back into the system to benefit and direct in the right way if the system's used right. But like, why are we not doing that? You know, things like that actually make me kind of mad and make me want to actually instrumentalize that kind of reform. But you got to think about it and it's like regardless of these you know structures and legislature ever existing there are going to be people look at the black market look at the look at the dark web look at the deep dark web who would have thought things like that would have existed you know what i mean so just because we regulate stuff and just because we we place social fabrics we sometimes tend to forget about the things that build and grow underneath the fabric so Things like the deep dark web, things like, you know, regardless of how much uh, placement or legalization of various drugs you do, the illegal dark, you know, black market still thrives. People still have so much money. Look at the mafias, look at the mobs, like they are growing, they are thriving over like social fabrics that are not even tangible to normal society. So regardless of how much you regulate this, there's always going to be that extra factor. That's why I think it always comes down to like, your own self accountability and self responsibility in a way and like coming back down to what are your morals and what are you going to sit around to accept those morals and like coming back down to understanding that we are communal so the collective will should be more important than your then then imposing your personal will you can have your personal will but don't impose it on the collective and right now it's too easy to impose it on the collective and we're all getting lost in that is what i think is happening i want to say that um yes when i do i do agree with the like personal responsibility points to an extent but i would say if that's to be the case, then realistically, everyone just has to stop using social media, you know, because I feel like uh, we definitely do have to demand that the people designing their software, like, you know, design it in a more ethical way and not in a way to, like, literally, like, persuade 
people's mind even in a way that they're not even like they don't even know what's happening to them at that time you know and I feel like uh, we, we definitely need to like you know do more to raise awareness in these effects that it's having on people mm-hmm. and short term like most people could do is just reduce their social media use and and you know um but like you see that's even hard to see you know because literally social media has become a point where like people literally like make their livelihood from it you know like a lot of people even if they're not influencer like if they have an online business or whatever if they're an artist or whatever they definitely need to have social media and like be updated on social media to like support their livelihood you know so if you could find a way to balance and distinguish, you know, like using social media like as a tool rather than, you know, just like scrolling like endlessly, like in a mind numbing way and, you know, being caught up in the social media antics and like validating yourself based on what you see like other people do online and that kind of stuff. So it's definitely a hard line to to balance, but you need to kind of keep those those priorities in perspective like when you're using social media i definitely think but at the end of the day i feel like it would only be effective if it's also designed in a better way that doesn't like kind of i don't want to say force but persuade people or manipulate people to like keep coming back and using it in that type of way yeah Mm, I don't know. I still think it comes back down to personal, like, accountability and response. Like, if you're responsible for your actions, right? Like, I do think, like, regardless of how much we regulate, and it's a spectrum, good will turn into bad. Something you put into the world that was meant to do, like, positivity and inclusiveness and blah, 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 that the scale will tip at one point in order for a new equilibrium to be brought into account like that's that's just how i think like scales work it'll we will never have complete dynamic equilibrium because it'll tip and then it'll come back again but it'll be a new state of equilibrium and maybe now this new state of equilibrium is an equilibrium where social media use is very frequent in our lives and like how like i don't know do you guys think ai is the future because i think it's inevitable is it inevitable at this point yeah Yeah, for sure definitely So when it's inevitable, are you going to just say, yeah, like, no, like, let's not use social media or I'm going to reduce my social media usage when even just your basic survival entails an extreme large dosage of it, you know? So. Yeah, but I feel like, sorry, I was going to say, I feel like AI is still designed by people, you know, and like the functions that it run and like the way how it builds an algorithm is also like that is Yes, it does, like, you know, like, through trial and error and just repeating stuff, like, it builds its own, but just the base model of how it interprets that is still created by people and, like, it's, like, created to be used, like, in a specific function. And I feel like, uh, yeah, the any day is, like, literally up to, like, how you use social media, but there's still that way how it affects you in, like, a subconscious level, you know, so... I feel like, I don't know if it's realistic to call for it to be, you know, redesigned or whatever, but I definitely think is like in his 
like because you also don't even have a choice you know that's that's what i think the problem is like literally like you don't even have a choice with how they use all that data and all that shit they collect from you like yeah. literally you don't even have a choice for if they take it what they take how they use it or nothing and at the end of the day like it's become so ingrained in our life that a lot of people like you know they don't just have the choice of just using it if they want to like they have to use it so that's where i think it gets tricky and in, in finding the balance mm, i see what would happen and i'm just asking i mean maybe someone who's got a more like businessy approach to this might give me a an answer that maybe my mind's searching for but in my head somehow i feel like this the situation became worse when it was people all around the world using the same app right what happens to, to like localizing let's say if everybody in each locality only used social like an app specified for their locality would we be experiencing the same kind of surgeons like resurgence the problem is not the app um, I don't think it's the look. So they may, there is a very interesting point in the documentary as well, and uh, it, it's in the book *Sapiens* as well. Man was, you know, like for the longest time when man was man, like post uh, evolution, when we were like moving on from cavemen, we lived in communities not larger than like maybe a couple hundred people. You mm-hmm. know, so the most you're gonna like the most people are gonna hear you is a couple hundred people's worth. You know. Yeah. Um, some obviously will travel across to other like places where there's another settlement of a couple hundred people. And if you're a great enough person, your story gets told on, but that, yeah, yeah. how many thousands of people at the end will know about you by the time you die? Not, not a lot. Not right? a lot. That, changed. that changed a lot. And I mean, this is a controversial thing and I, I don't really know, um, like if uh, I'm touching a touchy topic here when it comes to religion, but that's where religion kind of came into play because it was a way of uniting thousands of people under the guise of one supreme being who was telling you you and initially i mean the the concepts were good as well you know do unto others as you want to be treated just be good to people mm-hmm. and it's not me telling you because you don't want to listen to a random guy it's the person that created everything fuck you don't know about atoms and shit so if a big yeah. man in the sky created things you're going to accept it at that point you know you don't have social media you know, 300 people, <laughs> you know, that's it. That's your village. You have been out of your village. You go out of your village, you'll die. Like yeah. only the, the, the can go across <laughs> village to village. So like the, the shift that happened from us being small clusters of people didn't really shift, even though like we started living in bigger things, you still only knew small clusters of people. Mm-hmm. So even in the 90s, you know, like you're living in New York City where you're living in skyscraper buildings where each floor has 300 people. You don't know those 300 people. You don't? You know people maybe on that floor, 20 people in the building if you're lucky. You know what I mean? You know your people from other places. Suddenly now you've been allowed this opportunity to tap in to a big market, right? Now, even in the 300 people, again, like you only know 20 people, 30 people. You don't know everyone in your village, do you? Mm-hmm. So even giving someone the ability to tap into a 300-man circle, you're still looking for the same things you're looking for from a 3-million-man circle, you know? Your validation. A, a lot of people that get addicted are looking for things they, they, they seem to not either have in life or they seem to think they can't get in life. Do you know what I mean? A lot of these people honestly can like deal with their problems by just 
taking a look at things, stepping away and realizing, hold on, like I've, I think I've, you know, I'm going overboard here a bit, yeah. but they haven't. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think it's the locality of the app. I think it's just the fact that the app itself. Uh, too many people now are being born with the ability to speak to a vast audience, and everyone thinks they can make it. True. You know, everyone True. thinks they can make it. If you're validating yourself for everything, if you're surrounding your feed with positive things about all kinds of shit, and you every day your story is, oh, this guy made it by doing this, this guy made it by doing that. Everybody wants to be an actor now or a rapper now, and like, come on, you know, how many rappers are there before you can have the thousand good rappers you have now? Do you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong, and I'm not trying to shit on people's dreams. I hate doing that, mm-hmm. but at the same time, if yourself and you surround yourself with people that only validate you positively you don't give you a, 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 a real honest critique of what's going on in the situation you really think you're gonna get anywhere like and it comes back down to the fact that you're, you're so invested in your social media circle that your actual social skills have lacked my brother doesn't like answering the telephones like unless it's on I his cell phone answer the uh, home phone like, it'll ring and ring and ring. When he knows I'm at home, he won't answer it. Apparently, he answers it if he knows no one else is at home, he'll answer it. Otherwise, he'll leave it for someone else. Why? I'm I don't good. like answering. I don't know who's on the other side. Like, what the f? I'm <laughs> <laughs> dead. That's it. That um, so, yeah, um, social media has, you know, it's like social media has both, like you said at the beginning as well, bro. It's, it's a paradoxical thing where it's put us more in touch with people across the globe where I've met someone I've never met before. And I'm having an amazing conversation that I haven't had with a lot of people that I've known for years, mm-hmm. but I have lost touch possibly with people who are across the road from me. My housemates, like um, I just moved into this house and, and they're really nice guys. I've, I have spent time with them. But I think I've spent more time on Facebook than I have with them in the week that I've been in this house. You know? Yeah. So, like, how, is that weird? Maybe. You know, like, I, surely, because if this was 10 years ago, I would have been chilling with them. I wouldn't be on some random, my phone wouldn't be this big. It'd be a lot thicker and data would cost a lot more. So we'd all just be in one place, you know? Yeah. Do you think, um, but I, I think that's because I think, I think it also comes down to the amount of power we've given numbers, right? With the opening of the market and with the larger your audiences become, you have given the larger the number, the more economic incentive to grow and the more financial accumulation. And like we've given, we've given power to the bigger number. So everybody wants to consistently achieve a bigger number, you know, yeah. and, um, and that's very evident in social media. And that kind of algorithm is what I think a lot of people who try to grow and launch themselves off of tap into because it's the algorithm you need to tap into in order to grow on social media, but it could go like vice versa and it could go down a really wrong way because then you, you're right. Like you are connecting to someone right across the globe, but you've forgotten to connect to the person that's physically right, like in front of you. So the distance became way more of a wow factor than like the small distance sitting in front of you, that of a conversation you could have, you know, like I, I do definitely see that. I do. Yeah. What I, I like the way the guy, I can't, again, I can't remember his name and I feel bad, but anyway, everybody watched the documentary, but the end, he kind of says, he talks about how, 
the critique the people who critique are the true optimists and uh, i that really like sung synonymous with me because i'm like it's true like if you're going to constantly just surround yourself with people who are going to sing your praise there's no fun preaching to the choir there's no growth in preaching to the choir so um yeah. it's about yeah, I do. I do see that. And I, I know Sapiens talks a lot about like your impact as a human and the circles that go with it. I do believe it's a ripple effect. And I think in such a globalized world that we live in right now, the ripple effect is a lot more evident. Um, back in the day, the ripple effect, it, there were slow ripples. But now the ripple effect, they're very short ripples. They ripple really, really quickly. And social media really, really contributes to how fast that ripple rate is, you know? Um, yeah. So, Yeah. I want to say something based on what you just said, bro. Go. So, like, that thing where you said with numbers and, like, you know, we put power in numbers and all that. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because, like, we, we've started, like, attaching, like, a value to, like, you know, and, like, to, to having, like, a large following and, like, the, all these big numbers. And it's, like, people, like, attach themselves to, like, this status of being, like, famous so like instagram popular or whatever and mm-hmm. i don't know i thought it's been crazy because in the way how it affects like our mentality like i've been starting to realize more and more people feel like it's not okay to just be a regular person you know like everyone feels like they need yeah. to be like this big superstar like you know i don't know like famous person and like you know people kind of are starting to look like you know everyone's like oh yeah you need to get in your hustle you need to get in your grind so like you know and like just being wanting to be like a regular person like a, i don't know work a normal job or whatever whatever maybe like a simple person might be easier to explain is is like almost like look down upon now so i don't know i find that's an interesting way to show how people's mentalities are changing yeah, in the sense yeah. true very true yeah. that is very, very true you have anything you want to finally say Closing remarks, Mr. Sibs. In conclusion, Andrew. In conclusion, uh, closing remarks. Uh, I think, I think we covered pretty much anything and everything we could cover. Uh, it's a, it's a slippery slope. We, I think everyone, again, it comes first of all, first and foremost, is always down to you as a person. If you are a responsible person, then you and your surroundings should be okay. You know what I mean? And if you're able as a responsible person to influence your circle responsibly, then you guys should all be okay. And if that's like, you know, if you can just do that and you widen your circle bit by bit and just get at least one person doing the right thing, then, then already you're on the right track. But uh, it's, um, there, I think there's a lot of factors that need to come into play. And, and you know, we all have to realize that there, there's a business aspect to it that no one is thinking of because you, like you said, nothing is free in this world. Nothing is free. You know, you buy something, you get something free with it. Yeah, but you're paying for that extra bit. You don't realize you're paying for whatever you're getting free. You know, nothing, nothing ever comes for free. There's always a pr- price you pay, whether it's now or later. Mm-hmm. And um, moving towards a world that's increasingly digital, you know, you can lose everything and still make everything work online. Um, and that while that's very helpful and it's really like effective and it takes your mind off things because you can do everything from one place it also means that at some point everything you do is going to be accessible to well probably the authorities but 
you know, like we've seen how uh, good the authorities anywhere are. Do you know what I mean? Like we know yeah. that there are flaws very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if they can access it, surely people that want to access it can access it. Uh, we all just have to be careful. We have to put our um, best foot forward. And uh, yeah, I just kind of, I mean, appreciate that we're living in a time of, of, of such technological innovation and advancement. You know, um, there's the quote from the documentary that says, you know, uh, any technology, I think I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but any technology that's so far forward is magic. Magic is basically just unthinkable technology. Yes, yes, know? I have it written down. Like you said as well, you know, you bring someone from, from ancient Greece and tell them, oh yeah, listen, you're going to talk to someone who's in Greece. You're sitting here in the UK. They're going to be like, whoa, what the, f-? like, are you fucking crazy? There's ghosts in your, in your mirror. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. like the, they say the, the inclusion... They say the illusion of magic is is evident in the social media approach, and that's why it's persuasive technology. Yeah. See, like, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, when we were when we all got on Facebook twelve years ago, no one thought that it would take over our life the way it did. We just thought, oh, we'll talk shit to our friends. You know, I had a friend who got into trouble because in standard six. <laughs> years old he got on facebook and figured out oh he can write statuses so from the library wrote uh uh, his name and it is having sex which is a great joke which is a great joke for a 12 year old as well but he's also (laughs) a teacher who looked at his facebook and break it was like what the fuck like and he showed us like this is why you shouldn't be using facebook and he's explaining Mm -hmm. to us we're like uh, okay, and now like it owns the three main apps everyone uses. Like, yeah. Company. Well, what the zuck? You know, <laughs> like it, everything has changed so quickly. So if we don't make sure that we put our foot down, these put our like impact on what's going on. Yeah. Um, the train's gonna leave without us, and then we're gonna be hanging around like at the back and praying we don't fall off. You know. Yeah. Like, um, I have something else to add. I think also I completely agree and I think we're all closing along the same spectrum, but don't think that the solution needs to come from the technologists themselves. Please don't. Don't think the only way to solve this problem is oh, only if social media changes, only if regular. Uh, no, it's you. Like you are the pr- like you are the producer. Like you know. So I really like that term. You're the prod user. So remember that as much as you produce, you use. So be conscious of your give and take on artificial platforms because reality is not intangible. It is very much tangible and. Um, find that collective reality, that shared reality, find collective wool. It's a great, I think it's a good documentary to gain another perspective. Don't let it disappoint you if you are one of those people that love using social media because there are many joys that come from it. But just be healthy of your usage, healthy of your dosage and make sure it's not stealing the true magic in your mind. So yeah, yeah. I have to uh, say. Me closing remarks uh no one cares if you're tiktok famous <laughs> mark zuckerberg you're annoying stop your shit um, <laughs> you use social media as a tool don't be idolizing no one you see on the internet and feeling like you need to live like them or whatever because most people be capping and only showing 
what you what they wanted to see about themselves on social media and uh, yeah don't take it on too much just go chill nature sometimes and put away your phone put away your phone but listen to us and then put it away yeah but before we leave um sid do you want to just let the listeners know like what's going on in your life where can they find you if they are interested to hit you up what are you doing just like give them a little bit of um what's happening in the world last minute plug um all right, so uh, I'm in uh, Swansea University in Wales. I am currently doing my master's in sports marketing and public relations and uh, strategic communication. I did uh, my BA in uh, media communications, public relations. Uh, I am currently uh, just trying to get back on track with my master's and like make sure I'm on course with all my, my lectures and stuff. It's been a bit of a ride getting back and all that. Uh, if you want to find me, I do have an Instagram and Facebook. It's siddharth.damada um, at, at siddharth.damada on Instagram or my name on Facebook if they're interested. And um, yeah, and I'll try and be responsive. It is a private account as well, so you'll have to request. But if you see me, yeah, if, if you don't seem weird, I'll, I'll accept, you know. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, but anyway, thanks for having me, guys. This was uh, this was really cool. Um, I really enjoyed the first few episodes, so it's great to actually be featured on. And uh, yeah, it'll be nice to say, tell tell people I was on it before it blew up like big time, you know. So oh, it's not good. We're ready. Uh, yeah. Okay. We have you back again. For real, for real. Peace out. Until then, bye everybody. Bye, right, people.